Welcome to Pathway to Faith with Bishop Steve Howe. Turn your expectations high as you receive the word from our man of God. Prepare yourself to hear a life-changing message. Let's tune in now. The title is So Pivot on Purpose. What does pivot mean? Pivot is simply in the verb form of pivot. Pivot simply means to change directions, rotate, oscillate as a fan would oscillate, or just plain old motion. Keep moving. That's what pivot means. So when change comes, say when change comes, I have to pivot. Well, here's pastor. Let's see what Bishop has to say about it's time. Our time has come. Your time, uh, I want to go ahead and put up our nuggets. Your time has come. Turn it up. Everything in your past yes. has prepared you for what's next. Oh, come on with that. I sense the Holy Ghost saying, say that again. Everything you've been through in your past has prepared you for what God is getting ready to do in your life next. Think about that. Everything. He said, everything in your past, everything in your past, you can look back. Everything in your past has prepared you for everything you're about to experience right now. Say, my past. It's setting up my future, my past, everything that happened in my past is setting me up to succeed in life, and that's my future. So, he, so here we're going to survey. I'm asking you to close your eyes and just simply in your home survey and think about things from your past, your past failures, your past successes, your past disappointments, your past reappointments, you had new assignments. And just meditate on that time in your life. Just think about it. Mm -hmm. From the time you were a child, from your childhood experiences, you went through seasons. And you had to pivot. You had to change. Through your teenage years, you went through seasons. And you had to pivot. And you had to make changes. And then you became a young adult. And then you began to face life situations. And what happened? You had to change, and you had to pivot. And then some of us decided, as we became adults, we didn't want to change anymore. But seasons still came, and seasons still go. And so what Bishop says that your time has come. Now open your eyes and say, my time has come. My time is here. My time is now. Now, knowing that, you have a responsibility Saying it is more than just it's my time. Then what are we going to do with the time? What are you going to do with the time? What am I going to do with the time? What is Harvest Church going to do with that time? Bishop says the power is shifting. And so what are we going to do with that time? When we think about our past, cultures have different kinds of ways of celebrating. Uh, when a, a girl goes into womanhood, we call that puberty. And pretty much I was sharing with Bishop today as females, we are probably set up more often if we're in a healthy home, we're more set up more often for the seasons of our lives. And so as girls, we know we have our dolls and we have babies and we play with our dolls growing up. So we're already at three, four, and five. We are mimicking our moms. We are mimicking our mothers. We are mimicking our grandmothers. We are mimicking our future, aren't we? And so I've walked in on my granddaughters. I've walked in on my own, my own daughter and she's hitting that doll. 
and you sit down and let hold your head up. And so she's just mimicking her future because the day will come when she will move from having her doll to having her own. And you get over there and you sit down. I'm not having it. I have a young granddaughter who fusses just like her mom and she's pointing and she's stretching her eyes and she's, well, what's happening? She already can see she's preparing for that season when she enters motherhood. Now, in many, many cultures, if we're thinking about our past, in many, many cultures, men aren't always prepared here in America for entering into manhood. Manhood in America sounds like, uh, well, I got my first job, or I got my driver's license, or I had my first date. But do you know, as I spend most of my afternoon today finding out about what, do, what are some traditions that cultures use from the Hindu tradition to the Aborigines to the African culture to the Mexicans to all, of, all throughout Africa, there are cultures all across the world that have traditions for men to enter into manhood. And yet we here in America, and we know our Jewish families do, we here in America in the African-American culture we really don't have that many traditions that we all stop and celebrate and know that this young man has now entered into that season called manhood. When does it happen? Does it happen at 12? Does it happen at 16? And therefore, in our community, our girls say, say he just needs to grow up. While all along, she was preparing for her cycle. All along, her mom had the talk. All along, she's carrying that little purse. All along, she's got those private meetings. All along, her body's making changes. All along, while our young men are just doing what? So as we reflect back over that, those seasons, either we're prepared for the season, either we're prepared for the season, because if we don't prepare for the season, the power that Bishop is going to talk about in our next clip as we tag team, the power won't shift to us. Why? Because we won't be prepared. And so as we look back over our past, and Bishop says, my time has come, say, my time has come, and I must pivot on purpose. That means today there's some changes that I'm going to ask you to start reflecting about, changes you're going to have to start thinking about, and changes you're going to actually have to do as our bishop continues to share the idea that our time has come. So let's move on, and let's get into the real meat of this. As we go forward, I think there's another clip. Let's see what Bishop has to say about the power is shifting. I told you we we're going to tag team. Turn it up so we can hear from the beginning. Power is shifting. That's why people are protesting in the streets. That's why people broke into the Capitol building because they're uneasy. They're uneasy because they can sense that the ground is shaking. They don't quite understand it all, but they know power, power shifting. They understand that there's something that they, they were in control of yesterday that they're losing control of today. Yeah, the power is shifting. We heard that back in February. That message was taught in February of this year. And that was right after we had already voted in uh, President Biden and all the things were happening. We got a word that the power is shifting. Do you know with God's word, there's an appointed time and that time is now is shifting. But we've got to be ready for the shift. 
And so as I studied and listened to the full message, and as I studied and I listened to my time is now, I said, okay, let me go back. Let me reflect back on what Bishop has said, and then let's put some meat on the bones, as he was saying. And so there's sources of power. We know there's all sources of power, the power of shifting. Power cannot, write this down, nugget number one, power cannot be transferred without a receptacle. Without a receptacle ready to sustain the amount of power it supplies. Power cannot be transferred without a receptacle. Say, I'm a receptacle for the power of God. I'm a receptacle for the power of God. Well, we know there's all kinds of power, right? Let's go to some simple powers that we know. Let's talk about the power of batteries. We know there's all kind of batteries. You know when things happen in your life and you need some need batteries for a flashlight, we know we have what? Triple A batteries. And then you got what? Double A batteries. You need a different kind of power for what? The receptacle. It's going to put out a different kind of power. We need sometimes a 9-volt, and I didn't know about 9-volts until I was probably a teenager. You need a 9-volt battery, and then we get into batteries in cars, and you go from four cylinders to six cylinders, and then we know the horses are what? The 12 cylinders. I'm finding out about the horses, and I hear my husband and my son say, boy, they got some horses under that engine. Requires a battery, a receptacle. Say I'm a 12-cylinder receptacle for the, for the word of God. Well, that's just it. When the power comes, ask yourself this question. What source of power are you? Are you a single use? You know, those kind of batteries you use and throw away. God just uses you one time. You will just use one time. You will use one time by God. And you've got one testimony in all of your life. You just got one testimony about what God really did, and then you don't have another testimony? Say, that's not me. Say, I'm not single use. I'm not a single use power. Or sometimes I'm not, or that's, are you ever ready? You know you got those ever ready batteries. Are you ever ready? We're going to find out in a minute. Are you ever ready? Shout, I'm ever ready. Or are you rechargeable batteries? I think I'm already chargeable one. Every now and then I'll get low. And how do we get charged up? The Holy Ghost. Yes. Yes. So I'm, I'm a rechargeable. I'm not always ever ready. Sometimes if you're ever ready, that means you're always ready. It can catch you off guard. And then you're surprised. So with all of that, those are all just simple, everyday sources of power. But the real nugget that I want you to take away is power can be transferred. It cannot be transferred without a receptacle. Say that. Power cannot be transferred without a receptacle, and I'm a receptacle. I'm listening for the word of God. I'm in tune to the word of God. I'm ready for the word of God, and I'm ready. Say that I'm ready to be used. Husbands and wives say we're ready to be used. We are, we are a source of power in the earth. We are a source of power in the earth. We watched our bishop, we watched our pastor become a source of power, and he's got some, he has some powerful calls these last three or four days with everything that's going on in Haiti, from Haiti to some of the leaders there. He, so pray for Haiti. He's had a powerful call from, from leaders all around the country because power seeks power. Power seeks power. Say that. Power seeks power. Power looks for power. 
Power is moved by power. So if the power is shifting and is not coming to you, then you probably need to get charged. You might need to get charged. There's another kind of power. This, in, in the governmental arena, we talk about the, uh, the transfer of power. And that goes from the presidential uh, person in the administration to the transfer to the newest president. We know terms like legal terms, like power of attorney. And that's when you hand over your power to someone. This last governmental um, administration fought the power and it's still a fight in the nation. And because of that, the power is shifting. And the earth right now, the world seems a little uneasy because the power is shifting. Say the power is shifting. Yes, the power is shifting. But then you might ask yourself, if we, let's go to Acts 1, 1 and 8. The book of Acts says, but you shall receive, here's another kind of power. You shall receive power, ability. This is the amplified. Power is ability. See, I have ability. You have, you receive power. You receive ability. You receive efficiency. Say, I'm efficient because I have the power of God at work in me. And then it's also might. So that strength, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be a witness in all of Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. There's another kind of power, and that's that same power that rose Jesus from the dead. Power. Say, I have the power. So that means nothing's too hard from this point. If the power is shifting and you embrace it, and we already know how to charge ourselves, we charge ourselves by praying in the Holy Spirit. When we get low, we charge again by praying in the Holy Spirit. When things get rough, we charge ourselves, we ignite ourselves, we equip ourselves by praying in the Holy Spirit. And then with that, now we're a witness. That's what we're after. When the power is shifting, we're a witness. So when we share the gospel... People will hear it. When we share the gospel, people will receive it. When we share the gospel, people will believe it. Shout, I'm a power source. Shout, I'm a power source. Shout, I'm a power source. And the power is shifting into my life. Yes, yes. Well, as we go into all of this message, and this is where I really want to go, I want to talk about this whole power shifting and the change that's going to take place and what change actually needs. There are some things that we must know about the ABCs of change. And there are some ABCs, some things that I need to know about change. But before we do that, the A stands for acknowledging, acknowledge that God is in control. When change is happening, the bishop says change is happening. This is our season of change. Acknowledge A. Say A. Acknowledge. And acknowledge that God is in control. And here we are. Accept the change. Embrace the new season. And this is where we are with the whole COVID and the pandemic. With the epidemic that first hit one country and then it became a pandemic and hit the whole world. We found ourselves in an extreme season of change. And we had to pivot, much like childhood, going into adulthood, going into motherhood, going into fatherhood, going into career and colleges, going into um, our, our transitional years, midlife transitions as we transition in our 40s into our 50s. Well, the virus came and hit our nation and hit our world, and we had to change. And with that, the first thing we had to do was First of all, we tried praying it away. We tried anointing. And then we tried to ignore it. 
and you can't ignore change. And so before we knew it, we were masked up, showered up, sanitized up. We were up in every area because we had to change. But in the midst of all of that, Bishop has taught us that even in that, one, A, ABCs to change. Say A, acknowledge that God is in control. Even in this, say God is in control and I accept the change. And I embrace the change. So whenever you and your spouse or you and your children or the ministry or your business and you discover you had to pivot on purpose, businesses had to pivot because change hit the earth. Marriages had to pivot. People worked from home because change hit the earth. Children had to learn from home. Parents became teachers at home. Parents had to pivot. Children had to pivot. Teachers had to teach from home or teach from their schools. And before we knew it, we all of a sudden found out that there were certain people that were essential in order for life to go on. All along we didn't we had bus drivers. All along we had nurses. All along we had doctors. All along we had people to pick up our, our trash and our transportation system. And then all along we discovered they were essential. Essential. They were a pivotal, pivotal now, pivot a noun. It means it was essential, essential part of our lives. So we had to, we had to pivot. Um, there's some promises. How do we know that God's in control? There's seven promises. This is your homework. I'm going to give you your homework before you leave the class. Because, you know, some people close up their books and leave. They don't get the homework. So I decided, let's do this homework assignment right before, right in the middle, and then we'll come back to the rest of the ABCs. Your homework assignment, to know and acknowledge that God is in control and to accept the change, for those of you who are watching, all of our partners is going to be on our website. You can get this homework assignment. The seven promises of God. God says, I will be with you. I will protect you. I will be your strength. I will answer you. I will provide for you. I will give you peace. I will always love you. What's the assignment, you ask? That is, you are in this time of change. Your assignment is to find scriptures and place them somewhere you can see them on a regular day. So when change comes and you have to pivot on purpose, you'll be able to remind yourself, I will be with you. God says he will be with me because the word says. And then you're going to write the scripture and as many scriptures as you like for each one of those. I will protect you. And God says he will protect me because the word says. God promised this change is here. I have to pivot. I'm not quite ready. But Dr. Halp and Pastor says the power is shifting. The power is shifting as I change. It's not going to find me where I am. The power is shifting because I've got to change. And the, the, the word of God says, I will answer you. Well, what scriptures tells me that? So that's your search. That's your Bible study the rest of the week to find scriptures that remind you of the promises that God really says, I'll never leave you or forsake you. In short, you might ask the question, can God fail in his promise? Can God fail? That might be a question that you we might ask. Well, Joshua 21 Verse 45, let's go there. Joshua 21, verse 45. We know Joshua, right? Joshua was with Moses. And over in the early part of Joshua, Moses dies. And Joshua 1, the word of God says, God turns to Joshua and he says, Moses, my servant, is dead. But as I was with Moses, so I am with you. 
And so although people may change in your life, as God was with Moses, we can say as God was with Pastor Help. Those of you who are praying mothers, as God was with my mother. Those of you who are praying fathers, as God was with my father. As God was with my friend, then God is with me. So can God fail in his promise? Joshua 21, you should be there by now, 45 says, firmly established in the ESV, and that's the English Standard Version. I like that version because it really makes it really plain. Firmly established this truth, Joshua. God keeps his word. Not one of God's God's good promises has ever failed. Not before the time of Joshua, not after the time of Joshua, and not now. That's relevant. So every promise, say every promise of God, it has never failed. So that's why your homework assignment is, what are the promises of God? So even in the midst of your turmoil, because where we're heading, we're heading to the power. We're heading to a position of being a power source. ABCs have changed. ABCs have changed. B. We know A is acknowledged. B. Believe God will never leave you and that he is guiding you. What's A? Acknowledge and accept. That's the only two words you need to remember. Acknowledge and accept. That's the shortcut of study. B. Believe God will never leave you or forsake you. C. ABCs to change. Commit to the change and consult those you care for. Commit to the change. Commit to the change and consult those you care for. Every time throughout scripture, and I want you to think about this, every time throughout scripture, when there was a change in the earth, commit to the change. God spoke to Moses and Moses obeyed God and rallied his siblings around to help him to deliver the children, Israelites out of Egypt. When God spoke to Noah, he gathered his family to build the ark. First of all, God, he committed to the change, committed to the assignment. We can actually use the word synonymous, commit to the change, commit to the, assign, to the assignment. So what did, what did Noah do? Noah brought his family together. We can even go throughout, all throughout scripture. When it came to Mary, hearing about the assignment to carry the birth of Jesus, she went to people she cared about. She gathered with her cousin Elizabeth. The angel said, go to, your, go to your cousin Elizabeth. It's going to happen. She's pregnant as well. Commit to the change and then consult. Consult is just communicate. Communicate to those you care for. When the time came for me to come to Kansas City, the first thing I did, I got a call from my pastor, and then I called my sister and my girlfriend, Robin, and my nieces, and I sat them all down, and they began to hear there's a change. I've got to go to Kansas City. When you got to go? Tomorrow. What do you mean tomorrow? How are you going to go to Kansas City tomorrow? My pastor called. I heard the assignment. I gathered the people that I love the most. And that's why the people today are right in this room. Because you're a part of that team of people that Bishop loved the most. My family, the staff, and when the change came, we had to pivot as a ministry. We gathered the staff together and the staff and the broadcast team. And we sat and we dialogued for months as to how to do this thing called change. 
And every time Mr. Huey, who's behind that camera, and Mr. Rollins behind the camera, and the team in the back on the, on the cameras and the sound booth, and Mrs. Joshua and Mr. Joshua, we continued to rally around because change was here. And it looked different. We couldn't come to church. So what do we do? The church had to come to you. And that's why we're in your home on Wednesday nights. And that's why we're, when we got to the point of gathering and opening the doors on Sunday, another change. We rallied the people we cared about. And we talked about it. The daytime staff talked about it and prayed and prepared. When we opened the school, the school planned for months and months and months. Last summer, June, July, and August, before the doors opened. So when change comes, says when change comes, I have to commit, but I also have to communicate with people I love. I have to bring the people around. Because what's going to happen when it gets rough is going to be those same people that love you that's going to help you. It's going to be those same people that love you that's going to stand by you. D, don't stay back. When change comes, don't stay back. When I think of don't stay back, and I was sharing this, don't stay back. Do not get stuck in the past. Be determined to keep moving forward. And when I say don't stay back, I think of Lot's wife. And I know you say, yeah, Lot's wife looked back. Yes, she did look back, and the angels told her not to look back. That's over in Genesis. But when I say don't stay back, I'm talking about the past. Bishop started in the beginning. He said, our time has come. Say, my time has come. My time is now. And so you did survey your past. You did close your eyes. You did start thinking. And any time change comes, we always start thinking about times of of old. And right now, we want to go back to the way things were prior to the pandemic. With God, he's only now and what's ahead. God's not going to go back. He's only today and what's in front of you. And so Lot's wife looked back, and we know the story. She was told not to, and she turned to what? A pillar of salt. And we know the theologians say that she looked back because her heart was back there. Well, maybe it was people she loved, maybe her neighbors. She looked back and saw Sodom being destroyed. We don't quite know. But when, when we're saying not to change, it's don't stay back there. And that's simply a difference between reminiscing. I'll give you an example. Between reminiscing and the word, I'm going to introduce a word to you called nostalgia. When you're reminiscing, you're just kind of thinking back. I'll give you a think back. Let me take you back. So I'm about five, six, seven, eight years old. I'm riding my little banana seat bicycle with my little white basket on the front and my daisies. And it's pouring down, raining. It's rained so much in Louisiana because it rains a lot in the summer. And I just enjoyed riding through the water, barefoot, putting my feet down in the water, in the water puddles. And I'd have all those little mud things on the back of my shirt. And I just loved it. Oh, it was wonderful. And even at night, when you would go to when we would go to sleep in my grandmother's house that had a tin roof, I love hearing the rain come down on the tin roof. Seemingly, I just slept so much better. I don't want to live in a house with a tin roof right now, though. I don't want to ride on my bicycle through puddles. That's that's good to reminisce. It's good to go back but don't stay back there. And there are people who live in the past. If you speak with them and you talk with them, you look, they'll talk about their childhood like it was yesterday. They'll start crying about it because they're back there. They're in that moment and they can't get out. 
they're trapped. And so, yes, look back. You might even talk about it, but don't stay back. See, I can't stay back. I've got to keep moving. So watch this. You're going to have a test. I'm not, it's not going to be a written test. But before the night is over and tomorrow, you're going to talk about before the pandemic. And we used to. And I wish we could like we used to. And reminisce. Talk about it. Talk about it. Reminisce. Think about it. But what? Don't stay there. Because the power has shifted, and I'm a source of that power, and I'm going to be in position when I get over this thing called change. The sooner I get over this thing called change, the sooner I start making these changes, the sooner you start making these changes, the sooner you start adapting, not just with your business, in your life and in your thoughts, the sooner you make the change, acknowledge that God is with you, A, believe God is with you, B, seek, consult, and be convinced that God will never let you go, commit to the change, D, don't stay back there. Don't stay back pre-pandemic. When you take me back there, I'm going to say, yeah, but it's today. It's today. So what are we doing today? We're changing E. E, ABCs of change. E, enter expecting the end. So when you enter into this season of change, enter expecting the end. And what's the end? The promise. Yeah. Stay in the race. Yesterday, Bishop and I went to uh, Mardell's to get some things for the ministry. And as I walked into the store, I heard the Lord clearly say this. He said, grace for the race. And I said, well, okay, that must be the word for the moment. So I went through the, through the store just looking for books on grace. Grace for the race. I've got to stand to the race. I've got to stand into the end. And I can't quit. For change, I've got to enter in expecting the end and expecting God's promise. What are his promises? That's the seven-point homework assignment you had. I can't go. I can't tell you everything. F. ABC's to change. Say F. Say F in your home. Yes. F. Let favor find you. Do not look for favor. Let favor find you. And God looks for the faithful. So we know about David. God says, oh, he was a man after God's own heart. And when we hear about Noah, Noah, he was going to destroy the earth. But he said, but Noah was a man of favor. Abraham was a man of favor. God is looking for favor. Let favor find you. How will favor find you? I'm believing you, God. I'm believing you. Let favor find you. I heard people say favor is not fair, but will it find you? Will it find you faithful? Because without God, without being, without, um, uh, help me, without, without faith is impossible to please God. I drew a quick blank, but I've got some help in the room. I've got some people who care for me. For without Faith, it's impossible to please God. So let favor find you, and God will call you faithful. We have one more of the ABCs of faith, ABCs of change. Change is G. Remain grateful for the change. 
And right now, it's kind of a little hard to just remain grateful. I'm still here. God is still with us. The ministry is still here. Yes. I woke up this morning, and we're still here. My family is all still gathered here. Gather your family together and have moments of gratitude, even in the change. And when God finds that you're, you know, that kid, that kid down there, that kid down there in Kansas City, that family down there in Kansas City, they're so grateful. Let's bless them. They're so grateful. They're up praising God in the midst of all of this, in the midst of everything that they've been through. They're so faithful. Let's bless them. I found favor for this family. This family is just believing God and crying out in the midst of not even having everything. They're so grateful to change. Even in the midst of the change, they're still grateful. Shout, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that Harvest Church is still here. I'm so grateful that my man of God came for 15 months and fed us, fed us good food and manner. Even when I was sitting at home, he didn't sit at home and pre-record. He came and fed us, and he's still feeding us. I'm so grateful for the house of God that's still here. There was the staff. The staff was less than 10 people who held this ministry together while I can stay at home. The staff came, and then they prepared the place. I'm so grateful for the staff. Oh, treat our staff like you're grateful. Treat them like you're grateful. Don't treat them like you expect things on purpose. Like you're entitled. Treat them like you th- they're at the door. Thank you for opening the door. They're here early in the morning. When we leave on Sundays, the staff is staying. Somebody in the staff is staying to sanitize this whole building. That takes until 4 o'clock on Sundays. When you walk out the door and say, oh, God, Lord, we out. Oh, it's 11 o'clock. Well, it's taking five to six hours on a Sunday to sanitize this place. And a staff person is staying here. Sounds like we need to have a little bit more gratitude. Unless you just all want to take these Sundays. This is 52 Sundays. You can sign up for that. 52 Sundays. Who wants this Sunday to stay till 4 o'clock? You just got to sit and let them sanitize this whole beautiful sanctuary where you must sit in a particular seat. Say, I'm grateful. Yes. So in the change itself, where are we? Where are we actually? I want to talk about one place. When we think about the whole process of change, Jesus came to the end of his course. And in the midst of that, he went to God. And he prayed. He did not desire this change that was about to take place. He knew his assignment was to go to the cross. He knew his assignment was to go to the cross. And Jesus had to go through the process. Wow, what an amazing message. Thank you for listening to our Pathway to Faith broadcast. If you're ever in the Kansas City metro area, join Bishop and Dr. Howe at Harvest Church International Outreach, 4300 North Corrington Avenue, Kansas City, Missouri, 64117. Or catch our services live online at www.harvestchurchkc.org. Be blessed.